0: Well, we 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 ready. We, we. sort of. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So, uh, what's up, everybody? We oh, back oh. for round two. Round two. Video. I'm like, yeah, we, we working around. We a little. we
1: a little um, discombobulated because we doing back-to-back episodes so don't call us out for having the same, same outfit sitting on. in the
0: same order i was like dang maybe we should switch seats for those that are watching we got but... the same shit on so it does <laughs> not go <it's laughs> all it all matter,
2: matter. It's steve, steve harvey, harvey does, does it for switch shirts up like we go on the back and switch right right, right, <laughs> right. Steve,
1: it, right steve harvey does
3: that for family few over and over i was like he wearing the same suit
1: i don't have many outfits this this is what you're gonna get. I'm not coming and putting on no new outfit. I just left the workplace and this is I'm dressed for the this, day. This is at home workplace attire. So um I'm Laverne Badger. And
0: I'm Natalie Hayden. And Laverne we are Art exposed the podcast. The podcast. So
1: Tommy just flipped the script on the intro again <laughs> on us. So there's there is a
0: difference, you know, yes. different episode, different, you know, Yeah, intro. I tried to give a can little bit. Can we show of them can we show them hands? Yeah, yeah, we we, we'll uh, we appreciate hands. these hands because the, the <laughs> the these hands is working. It's working. There he is. <laughs> do the reveal. Let's these
1: hands. And
2: they're moisturized, too. That
1: they oh are.
0: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Jesus. Well, you know, like, okay, so the last episode, it was very serious. We had a lot of, you know, heavy-weighted conversations and things like that but this episode we we really are diving into and it's still, it, it's, still it's still waiting it's still waiting however you know like this month we really are diving in and talking about forgiveness and, yeah. and what that looks like for other people, and so you know, uh, of course, of exposed the podcast. We have the three pillars that we operate off of: prevention, education, and awareness. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're thriving after abuse. But in order for us to even get there, there are some things that we, there's just some fucking business we got to take care of. Yes, right? and that forgiveness piece that really can. That's, hold a, big us That's up, a big one. That's right? a big one. That's a big
1: one. I'm gonna tell you, um, we have a special guest here. That's going to talk about forgiveness. But forgiveness, that's not easy. People always throw that word forgiveness around. Be like, oh, girl, I forgive you. Oh, so question, oh, f- for question
0: of the week, who did who have you forgiven or not forgiven? Go. Uh, do, you, yep. do you want me?
1: Right now. Who I don't forgive. Oh, hold on. No, yeah. but, <laughs> see? But no, no,
0: no, no. On the, on the,
1: now, see, here's the thing. This is where, where I'm talking about. The biggest, the one person that I had to forgive was my abuser. mm mm-hmm. That was extremely hard to do. You know, you say the words, but I don't feel like I ever really meant them. You know what I'm saying? Speak
0: but, it before you believe it is, you know, manifestation. It takes time. before Right. You you see, no
1: it. one ever really explains it that way. But he was the, the biggest one that I had to forgive. But it wasn't, I don't think I really forgave him until he sent that message. You've heard this story. Mm-hmm. People have heard this story that he sent a text message to one of our daughters and said, tell your mom I read her book and I'm sorry. So he had to acknowledge it first for you to forgive it. That's that's how it happened for me. Mm -hmm. And because I was still wishing death on the fool. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? And so I'm like, I've moved on and, you know, married and, you know, living life, right? But it wasn't until then because I said, oh, I think he's telling the truth. I think he really is sorry. Mm. And then I said, Tell your dad I do forgive him. I accept his apology and I forgive him. And I truly meant that. Mm -hmm. And so I've never thought about him in necessarily in a bad light after that. You know, that's when I feel like I really did forgive him. But then you got friends, friendships, female friendships. And that's a whole different type of forgiveness and still hurts. But, as we start talking to our guest mm-hmm. and how she has moved through the process of forgiveness, you know, because it's it's a work in progress. I think we need to understand that it's not just saying the words, but it's about doing the work mm-hmm. to forgiving. So, have you? Who was it that you had to forgive? What was the biggest,
0: the biggest, the person biggest that person I, that you had to forgive? And, and the person that I'm still forgiving is myself. Mm. um forgiving here girl uh, and that's just being real honest real talk like present day for you know like how I may not I feel like there are times where I don't show up as my best self or I have responded in a way that I think I'm much better than that and I've responded at a low energy and I should respond responded in a, a higher energy and so I constantly have to forgive myself and say Natalie you know you deserve to be forgiven it's okay you get another day and so when I can forgive myself I think I can then um, continue to forgive others because it makes it easier it makes to forgive others me, it, okay. it makes it easier to forgive others because you know like there's this mercy and I'm not trying to be all super spiritual and deep but my relationship with God is that you know he has Forgiven us for our sins and he's cast it into the sea of forgetfulness i'm not attributing or saying that i am any type of god however if god can forgive me then how come i can't forgive myself and i can't forgive others right because right. we're all you know we're all in that cesspool of unforgiving human beings you know what i'm Ain't saying always
1: that mature I'm just gonna say I'm, I'm, a, I'm a worker in progress. Right. But um yeah. but without further ado, let's go ahead and bring in Sarita Valmans. There she you said go. It right. Yeah. You know, I, I'll it's mess a name up. I, I will mess is known out for messing, messing up a an name, and
0: it'll be right in her face. <laughs> she'll you, say it spend, all the way. I have
1: to spell it out like some elementary. I'm telling you, and I, <laughs> I, I, I just be like, you got charges in my head, and I'm hurt. But welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you
0: so Thank much. You
1: we um were talking with our uh engineer, engineer Tommy, about how we wanted to talk about forgiveness. And um, we felt like it needed to be one, possibly a series okay. um not just one episode. Definitely. And um, because as we said, it's about it's a process right to forgive. Mm-hmm. And so we got that message. we weren't even good at home, was we? I was we like that text message and was like, yes. um, I got somebody
3: for you. I so like, I, I transitioned from engineer to P Diddy, the producer. They, right. Hey, yes, thank you, Tommy. I, I like yes, that. we we
1: we, we, <laughs> we totally appreciate it. So um, let's talk about forgiveness. Um, what did forgiveness mean to you before you had the epiphany of how forgiveness works? What did it originally mean for you?
2: Ooh. Um, it kind of fell into the forgive and forget. Mm. Mm. And which kind of turned into more or less uh, taking it, tucking it in the basket, you know, and tossing it over the shoulder because, mm. you know, I'm not going to deal with it. Right. I'm just mm. going to go ahead and be like, okay. It's alright, I forgive you. Even though knowing knowing I'm upset, knowing I'm pissed, I'm right. still going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I forgive you. We're okay. Right. No worries about it, you know. It's not going to happen again. Happens again. Mm. Okay, you know what? Right. <laughs> Gonna work, and then it kind of turned into you're dead to me. Mm. Like, I will have mental funerals with people that are alive. Ooh, I
0: know about constantly. mental mm.
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when they would pop <laughs> back up, I'd be like, Oh, you still alive? <laughs> I, th- thought I, I thought killed I you in my head. head, I thought I was on you, mind. but you where?
0: are back, right? How are,
2: why are you back? Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. so that's you? where oh. mine you know, kind of went
0: <laughs> <laughs> like for real, you know, it kind
2: of went that direction. But okay. now after I've really like gone through and had to like take care of myself, because like how you just said, you know, forgiving yourself, that's mm-hmm. something that I still struggle with on yeah. a daily basis. Yeah. Me but too. I have a list of people that I had to honestly forget. Like I had to pull up the scroll, like, yeah. Right, yeah. like All right, yeah. let's go ahead and go down the list. Because right. like I was mentioning to you guys, you know, prior to us, you know, coming on air, you know, looking at everything and just kind of seeing how it was going down in my life, I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, I had to take accountability and say, all right now, Sarita, what are you contributing to these, you know, I don't even necessarily say, I could say situations, altercations, whatever you know you want to say, what am I contributing to it? Mm -hmm. Right, right. And having to take that step back and really look in the mirror and be like, okay, now I got to put this all out out here and I got to start, you know, from square one. Right. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like for me?
1: So forgiveness is is so what was it that you that was showing up that you weren't treating forgiveness in the way that it, it was supposed to be like was it um relationship um romantic relationships or
2: friendships
1: or
0: family, family. Relation, dynamics you know It was actually both okay. to mm-hmm. be
2: honest it really was both of them yeah and so you know kind of looking back at things like when it came to like my relationships i was just like i could say that i would just kind of let things just you know go and if i were to get mad you know i would kind of like hold on to it and mm-hmm. i wouldn't say anything and mm-hmm. i just keep holding on to it and then one day i just explode yeah and i just snap yeah and then yeah. like well wait a minute you i thought you were okay with this because i was doing this for this no I wasn't right, but I didn't right. know how to express that I didn't know how to communicate my needs Right, yeah. right. and so mm-hmm. that's something I kind of carried over like I can say for example because I'm divorced mm-hmm. um, I was with my ex-husband from the time I was 15 until I was 32 Ooh, okay. off and on oh
0: wow pretty and much your whole childhood yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: and we had a four year age difference so when I met him I was 15 he was 20 Mm -hmm. i lied to my parents and didn't say how old he was for quite some time until i was pregnant with our son which Mm -hmm. i had our son i was a teenage mom i had him when i was 18 he was 23 Mm -hmm. and that's when they found out you know how old he was and they're like okay well number one you should not have been with you know this person you know but it's you know it's done and over with now right Mm -hmm. and we still tried to you know make things work but in reality he had a lot of trauma i had a lot of trauma and when you put all that trauma together into one mix, yeah. it's not it's healthy at all. in like a situation. Our, and we yeah. did end up having three kids total. So we have, um, like I said, I had my son at 18. Then I had our next child after the year after we got married. So we got married when I was 24, had our middle child when I was 25, and then had our last one when I was 29. Okay. So I had the three. And by the time I got to the point of having the last one, I'll tell the funny story about that. Um, I actually found out about her because I went to the doctor to get on birth control because I was getting ready to go oh. file for divorce. Oh, oh, dang. And I got to the doctor and he said, um, he was like, yeah, you can get on in about, you know, 10 months. And I said, why can't I do that? No, It wasn't like right. It in my head. Right. I was like, why can't I do it now? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm here now. What right? He's like, you're not no ma'am you're not registered I said no I'm not because I'm not <laughs> I'm not understanding what you're saying nope, and then again. and then they're like you know the nurse said well you know we ran the test you're pregnant I said I need you to run that again and she said she's like Miss- she's like Mrs. and I'm like to say mom, because I'm back right. to my maiden name mm-hmm. he's like um, we ran it five times you're definitely <laughs> and I was like damn I'm like okay how are I'm like alright my doctor he just looked at me he was like you you not ready for any of this, are you? I said, no. I said, actually, my next, I said, I have an appointment with my attorney tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> and wow. my ex-husband does, didn't know that, you know, course right. at mm-hmm. the time. So right. I said, all right. And I held it for like a week from him yeah. because I didn't want to tell him because we were at the point of, you know, I'm getting ready to go ahead and file. You know, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, meet with an attorney, but I want to have all my ducks in a row first before I come back to him. Right. right. We're still in the same household and everything, too. Mm-hmm but he noticed he's like you're acting really distant really strange and everything and finally i got a, do- a call from my doctor and he was sitting right next to me and you know when you can hear when somebody yeah. else is on the phone yeah. talking to you yeah. and so i said okay because they're like you know we need to run blood tests to see how you know far along you were because they couldn't tell at the time because i i was irregular so i didn't know you know i had missed a period or anything so they're like we need to do a blood test and so he heard because he knew i went to the doctor earlier that week he's like are you okay? Like, you got cancer? Like, what? You know, he just, like, oh, yeah, going right, into a whole right. other direction. Mm-hmm. I said, no, I said, I just need to have a blood test done. He's like, for what? And I kept on saying, I just need to have it done. I just need to have it. Mm-hmm. He's fine. He's like, what is it? I said, I'm pregnant. And he just lit. He's like, oh, no, it's not. Right. I'm happy right yeah, now. Right, right. Right. Like, right. No. Right. right. I'm like, right. I'm upset. Once again, I'm upset with myself because I'm like, okay, I put myself into another situation again where now I got to go ahead and figure it out. And so I said, all right. But
1: he happy because you hadn't expressed. And was holding on to forgiveness of not, but not really forgiving whatever was going on. And so, but he happy because that's that's what happens is that when we pretend and hold our feelings in, Mm -hmm. and.
0: They can't read mine. They They don't know. Well, Well, he knew that I
2: was upset. So he knew that I wasn't happy in the marriage. So that part he already knew. But he was like, okay, this is another chance, you know, for us. You know, we're going to have another baby. Maybe that'll help make things better. he was like, this will make things better. And Mm -hmm. I'm already like, no. And we actually were going through, we ended up going through counseling and everything at the time. And it still didn't end up working out. So I um, waited, I had in my mind, I said, okay, when she turns two and she's potty trained, I'm going to go ahead and file if we're not for not good and i told him this i said hey this is where my mind is right now let's see if we can work this out if we can't we have to separate we cannot continue to do this Mm -hmm. and then we finally did end up doing that where now she's 11 and so he she barely like remembers us being together and everything which we had a Mm -hmm. we had a funny conversation about that because like i mentioned i have three kids so at this time now my oldest is 22 my middle one's 15 and an 11 year old so when we first separated um he was 15. I can't remember the age of the younger ones. But, you know, at the time, you know, he came to the house. My son and I were talking about it. And he said to me, he's like, Mom, I'm so glad that you and Daddy are not together anymore. Wow. Like, it was just that bad that we just were so disconnected. Like, you know, I'd be in the house playing with the kids, you know, laughing, joking, being loud and doing everything, wrestling everything. As soon as we hear the car door slam.
1: Mm. Oh. Wow. wow kids
0: feel that energy that energy they take, suck
1: that all in mm-hmm. and you know the and, myth is that um people stay well I'm gonna stay for the kids but mm-hmm. what it does is it hurts them absolutely you know, and that's what I was starting
2: them. to do yeah. and I recognize yeah. that because I and I can be honest with myself and say I never should have gotten married yeah I called it off three times oh man. and then I finally got married so I, I, he, we got engaged um three months before my son was born mm. and so and I was 18. -hmm. And then I was supposed to get married at 20, then at 21, and then the last time I finally was like, okay. Ain't nothing else out here, I guess. You know, like right, basically, right, right. ain't nothing else going on. I guess I'm gonna go ahead oh, I'm and we right, you know. Right. Like right. Like I literally literally was jagged edge. You know, you know, might as well just we ain't <laughs> right, getting right. no, we might as well just do it. Like, you know, let's just go ahead. Right. And that literally Make was a song that came out that year too. So wow. that's where I'm just like, you know, wow. we'll just go ahead. Because
1: we don't be in tune, we what is because is, even with with marriage and 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 weddings and it's like What's jitters and mm. just kind of a little bit of nervousness or anxiousness and what's truly telling you?
0: Your <laughs> <laughs> Yo, intuition is <laughs> like, yeah. no, these right. are not jitters, yeah. ma'am. Yeah, this is like do You do it I three do times.
1: It. Yeah, three times. Calling it off twice probably would have mm-hmm. been. But, you know, when we're younger, we don't, we don't always listen to them little voices and stuff, you know, sometimes. but right.
0: Yeah. Well, don't feel too bad. You know, my mother-in-law, before she was my mother-in-law, she actually told me not to marry her son. Mm-hmm. and I did it anyhow. Yeah.
1: So. She cuz she crazy. Mm-hmm. Ma, she like the mama crazy. She she don't know what she talking about. This I
2: love. Mm-hmm. You know, I love but Dumb as hell. But but you know, <laughs> we do oh, we goodness. we
1: love her. We know what we we feel like we know what we want. Right. And I think but there's lessons in all oh, absolutely all of this. was yes. something there was a reason you, you went through with it. so you And know. that's the
2: thing because, you know, the the gift that I got was literally three gifts, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. out of all of that. Right. And just to be able to go ahead and look back at that and recognize that as well, too. And like I was mentioning, my youngest was like, you know, I'm I'm sad because I don't remember, you know, you and daddy being together. And before I could even say anything, my older two were like, you, good. right? They're like, you lucky. Because right. Right. we remember what right. it was like. Right. Listening to the yeah. yelling, the screaming, and mm-hmm. all that stuff like that at each other. And it was a thing where... It was um it wasn't any physical abuse but it was definitely emotional and financial. Yeah. You know? And so just yeah. hearing the yelling and different things like that was just enough. Where like my baby is very sensitive like to sound. Like she like if you if she hears anyone yelling, she's kind of like you know yeah. she right. starts to like pull back mm-hmm. into herself and I'm like okay, that's you know partially me but then also partially my in-laws and that's a whole other story. Right. But you know yeah. <laughs> about how, you know <laughs> mm-hmm. how their dynamics and stuff were there too. Right. So just being able to kind of witness that and to see that you know I came from a background where I'm an only child. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents are older when they had me because my mother was told she couldn't have kids. Mm. So my parents were 42 when I was born. And they were married for like 25 years. Oh, wow. So, you know, they weren't. Oh, you thought you were surprised. Yes. Uh,
1: When you you were to get on birth control, your mama at 42.
2: Well, yes. Here's the funny story about that. She um, actually was a nurse at St. Joe's, and so they had just moved from Minneapolis to here, um, and so my mother was thinking that it was just, you know, the nerves from the move and everything, maybe she going into menopause, you know, whatever, and she's like, you know, I got this flu I can't shake, and her coworker was like, pass her a test. My mother took six tests. So I'm so we we both the people that like we need, right. we, need we, we need we need more information. Double confirmation. confirmation. Yeah. Yeah. And so finally, you know, her, her friend, you know, came by. She's like, if you don't stop taking them tests and, get, and make a doctor's appointment. Right. Because this it, it is what it is. You need right. to do that. So mm-hmm. mother made the appointment, went to a doctor they called my dad from the doctor's appointment. My dad hangs up on the doctor because he thinks he's being pranked because he said there's no way. We've been through this for 25 What's years. What your mama been doing? Like right. she, like, like she cannot have kids. Right. You know, It's funny that she got you in on the joke because you are mother worked at the hospital. So, mm-hmm, like, you know, mm-hmm. I guess you got him on a joke. Okay, fine. So he, she actually had to bring him to the doctor's appointment so they could actually show him the paperwork and have the ultrasound and everything. And then that's when it finally was like, Oh, my oh. gosh. Wow. There's really a child coming mm-hmm. through here. Wow. So, wow. and also, too, they're, um, I'm a first-generation American. So, my mom was from Barbados. So my dad's from Dominica. So, oh. that's another dynamic as well, too, to kind mm-hmm. of bring into the mix as well, where, you know, I'm looking at, like, two generations. Because, really, my parents could have been my grandparents, you know, keeping it real. Yeah. Right. You know, right. just based off the age, you know, mm-hmm. difference. And then looking at that, and then also, too, you know, I'm married an American, you know, so then that, you know, kind of came into the mix because they look at me as still being considered, you know, West Indian, you know, so to Mm -hmm. speak. So they're, like, looking at me like, okay, you need to go this way or that way. So it was a lot of even just forgiveness from them because Mm. of how they were raised and how it was, like, a lot of different stifling situations that were going on because, you know, they looked at me like, wow, this ray is, you know, this ray is sunshine, but okay, she got too much going on. We got to keep her down a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. we need to kind of bring it down. And it's like, you know, I don't I don't blame them for not knowing how to parent me, per se. Right. Because now as I look back, you know, with my adult eyes, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I see where this trauma came from my mother's family. I see where this trauma came from my father's family. And I see where, you know, they got together. They were able to make it work for 54 years, you know, and everything mm-hmm. like that before my mother, unfortunately, transitioned. And so... Mm-hmm seeing all that is beautiful right but at the same time looking back at that it's like okay going into the relationship dynamics I can say that I wasn't really shown what a man should be like for me Mm -hmm. and how I should necessarily like I could see that my father you know provider hands down right can't say anything about this man I love my father like that's that's the biggest thing he's provider but when it came to the emotional side of things and talking and stuff like that so I didn't know what to look for in a man per se. Right. I didn't know what I wanted or what I actually even needed. So I didn't even know who I was as a person. Right. So that right. goes back into that forgiveness pieces again. And so I come from very, you know, quiet. My parents never argued in front of me. I never, to, like, bef- even up to the time of my mother's past, I never saw them argue.
0: Wow. Mm. Wow.
2: Ex-husband. They throwing stuff. They doing all the the most, wow. you know. And I'm like <laughs> total so opposite. Total opposite. So that's how his style was of just you know like yelling, you know, loud and all that. I'm timid. I'm quiet because I'm I don't know how to defend myself yeah. per se because yeah. Yeah. I yeah. never had to go through that. Yeah. Where we so not
1: arguing when parents don't argue, they it seems great and. But what it takes away is conflict resolution. Kids don't
0: Mm -hmm. get to see that conflict resolution of working through because there is a a such thing as healthy conflict. Right. Absolutely. Right. Being able to debate, Mm -hmm. have a conversation and also leave the table to agree to disagree. Absolutely. So you weren't ready. Not at all. You weren't ready. So
2: also the first time that happened, I was like, what is this? What? Like, I've never seen this side of you before. Yeah. What is going on? Like where is this coming from? Right. But then I had to t- like I said with the adult eyes, you know, looking back it's like, "Oh."
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you so think- did you have to oh, already- <laughs> forgiveness? So mm-hmm. so that dynamic with your with your ex-husband mm-hmm. now
2: was there a process of forgiveness there? There was where I believed that I forgave him for pieces and I was waiting for the longest for, you know, that for, you know, the, I'm sorry mm-hmm. from him, and from him. Mm-hmm. And honestly, what's crazy is I didn't get that. I'm sorry until I actually was in a domestic violence situation with the ex boyfriend.
1: Wow.
2: When he actually saw like, wow, I didn't do that to her. Right. Mm-hmm. But I did some of the other stuff to her. Let me now come come up and say, you know, I'm sorry for what I did and what I contributed because mm-hmm. wow. I was apologizing for ever, because right. I was part of, that was part of my process of forgiving myself. I'm like, okay, if I'm forgiving myself, I need to go ahead and I was going down my list of people I need to right. apologize to and be right. like, okay, here's where I played a part in this. Now I need to go ahead and, you know, rectify that and if you forgive me fine, if you don't, I'm okay with it. Yep. Mm-hmm. But as long as I'm working through this, so like I'm like, all right, next, you know, like next person right. kind of going through. So when I got that I'm sorry from him, I was I just and I remember, I got the text message, and then I actually called him. I said, did you send this to the right person? Mm. Right. I said, because this is what I just read. And I just sat down. I was in my bathroom, and I have, like, an um, area where I can sit down on my, you know, before I get into my tub. So I just sat there, and I'm just looking at this. And then I took, you know, then I went ahead and called, like I said, and I'm just like, okay. Wow. So this was, so it was after your abusive relationship
1: with someone else. hmm Do you think if he had gave you that apology
2: prior to that relationship, would you have moved differently? I think so. I yeah. definitely think I would have. But also, too, I recognize that I didn't heal myself mm. after I got out of that long-term relationship. And I went into the, um, the party girl Mm-hmm. And trying you're to a avoid, kid. You're right? A kid. You know, you're I was like in my 15. early, right? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was in my early thirties when we got divorced, and yeah. so I went into the mode of I was partying because I didn't get the opportunity to do that yep. when I was at age mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of us, you know, being, you know, me being younger. I should say yeah. in the relationship, yeah. and so then I also turned to alcohol as well too, mm-hmm. and so I was basically mm-hmm. like, I can now look back and say I was like a functioning alcoholic, mm-hmm. where a lot of people didn't know it. Right. But unless, you know, the people that really were around me that kind of like were hanging out with me. And we kind of, you know, we make jokes about it. like, oh, okay, you know, we out till 2 a.m., 2, 3. Oh, we got work at 6. All right, I'm going to go home, shower real quick, mouthwash, go to work, right. work 6 to 2. Do it again. And it's like the times when I didn't have my kids, that's what I was doing. Right. When I was with my kids, you would never know why mm-hmm. why Wow, why I just was like, you know, A perfectly- true functioning
1: alcoholic, which yeah. is why people don't consider it an alcoholic because mm-hmm. you can still do your daily stuff. Right. Or you can shut it off mm-hmm. when you need to shut it shut it off. There's Absolutely. different levels to that. So mm-hmm. I've had to deal with that with my family, mm-hmm. with family members as well. But I was the same thing. I was a teen mom. And I left, finally got out that, we had four kids together mm-hmm. and finally got out that relationship. I think I was 20, 27, mm-hmm. 27 years old, no parties, no nothing. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm out here. Mm-hmm. I'm still nervous with my friends. I, you know, that drinking and stuff wasn't my thing, but mm-hmm. my cousins then was trying to have me like out here, out here. Yeah. But I was always, I had this image stuck in my head of what a mother should be. Right. Mm-hmm. And... I was rebelling against that urge of trying to have some fun mm-hmm. and that urge to to say, I I'm I got these kids mm-hmm. still, mm-hmm. and so I ended up miss, m- meeting my husband, um, now husband, seventeen years um, after I, I think I was I was out there three years, two or three years, and then mm-hmm. I was like all right, I'm done with this. <laughs> you know, this, this. I'm done with this. But it does. It's a feeling that you have. And talk about forgiveness, I had to forgive myself or learn. I was really hard on myself because I feel like um, during that time, like my youngest um, at the time, she doesn't remember, of course, as much right. of the abuse as her older siblings.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And and um, But she remembers... The three a day meals, like I was cooking mm-hmm. full meals, oh yeah, me too, and mm-hmm. went from full meals to take this sandwich or McDonald's yep. and
3: Absolutely. throw this
1: pizza in the Absolutely. oven and feeling like okay, that looks that seems like neglect, mm-hmm. and she had wrote this this little note to me saying my I wish my mommy would um cook us breakfast like she used to, I wish she would be home more, and I was mm-hmm. just like. I was a whole kid though still. Right. And mm-hmm. but that shut it down for me. Mm-hmm. Um because I did she didn't understand how to right. the, tra- the tra she didn't understand the, the transition. transition. She just knew that I was one way mm-hmm. for a minute and then now I'm I'm doing something different. Right. Mm-hmm. And so but then I was always told, you know, like you have to work through that. But you know, even years later now, I still have to try to figure out how to forgive myself for that because mm-hmm. um because I still was young, you yeah. know, and, but when you're young and, and, and going and just got out of some trauma, mm-hmm. like you start bleeding over on people, Absolutely. you know, and, mm-hmm. and it, it trickles down to your kids. And so, mm-hmm. so it's always a work in progress. So I'm still working on that with my adult children, right. you know, um, now, so, mm-hmm. so yeah.
0: So what do you think about, um, as far as you mentioned something about your parents and the things that they did not uh, express or show, and then you go into this marriage and you're you sort of feeling unequipped, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, the question that I had was. Do you think that that process of forgiveness, just knowing the backstory, would it have been a little bit easier um being able to forgive or to know the process or be accepting to the process if you had if you had not known the backstory of your parents and and how they sort of function in their relationship, which caused you to somewhat mm-hmm. maybe blindly go into a relationship, not necessarily knowing how to. Fully function. Do you think it would have been different? The I, forgiveness process.
2: I definitely think it would have. If I would have just been like not knowing any of that, I would have been like, "Dang, y'all just some like I'm like, right. just a messed <laughs> up individuals." I like, wasn't, right. but not you know recognizing that. Yes, you know they did what they could do. Like for example, they weren't the type that were very affectionate. Mm-hmm. So me, I'm overly affectionate with yeah. my kids. Yeah. Like I remember the first time that I ever heard my father say "I love you" was to my son, and my son was two and what my son did was he you know went up to him he's like bye papa you know we about to leave and so he like crawls up in his lap gives him a hug and everything kisses him he says i love you papa and my dad's like okay and my son took my you know my dad's face like this he said he's like um my mama said (laughs) you have to say i love you Mm -hmm. and so he looked him right at my my dad's like okay he's like i love you and i was like where
0: is that coming from
2: I've never heard him say that. Wow! And so I just was like, "Oh," but also the backstory oh, too is that my wow. dad wanted because I'm the only child. My dad wanted a son. Yeah. So by me having the first grandchild, being you know the first one, being a boy i was like i was gone like it was just like my son and that's even still how it is now we're like they're together you know as far as you know they're like this but that was just one of those times i'm like wow so at least you know as the saying goes you can't teach the old dog new tricks that definitely was like one that i was like wow (laughs) right he actually picked up one of those and then it stuck with it and so then he started you know doing that and the same thing with my you know with my other two as well did it trickle into you him saying it to you he forward. does a little bit more now, okay. but even still, like, I sometimes have to initiate it. So, <laughs> okay. oh, yeah, so I have Round to, of I do have to I... initiate it, but he does, you know, at least do it. Yeah. But that was one of those things where I just, like, that was a shocker for me. But then I started thinking, I'm like, wow, it, I'm 20, and it's the right. first time I actually hear my father say that. Like, wow. I've heard it from their dad more, so, you know, kind of looking at, okay, well, this person loves me, but they're not exactly mm-hmm. the best person for me, but at least right. they're saying it to me as right, you know right. in my mind, I'm like, okay, well, that's what this is supposed to look like, not knowing that that's not really what love truly is right And that's I know a whole nother episode, but right. that's like right, <laughs> right, right,
0: right.
3: So I'm not supposed to be talking on this topic, but I just wanted to share that triggered a thought of the first time my mom gave me a hug mm-hmm. and it was I had to be like 30. Wow. Mm. Wow! And when, it was when her, her, her sister passed. Mm-hmm. It was no words coming. I rushed home because I heard the news, opened the door, and we embraced. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that day. That was wow. the first wow. time I ever hugged my mom. Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm. I, n- I never got one from my mother before she died. Okay. And it, they just weren't very affectionate mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. I just never saw it. It was never, I think I got an, I'm proud of you. But I didn't get an "I love you." Mm-hmm. I didn't get um, um, the hugs. It wasn't affectionate. So when I married my husband, him and his mama kissing in the mouth, um, goodbye and hello. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm reading? They're readings they're right. like
0: mm-hmm. and the they're cartoons. hugging mm-hmm. and
1: everybody and and I had um, my cousin who was our big mama after you know my grandparents and mother had passed away. She was just like, everybody is always hugging. And I'm just like, but I didn't, I didn't pass that on to my kids immediately Mm -hmm. because that wasn't, the abuse was blocking that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I didn't recognize it until that was over that I was doing that. Mm -hmm. And, um, but it felt weird. It felt weird to hug my own children in that way specifically for no reason yeah you gotta have a re- right like mm. or just saying i love you just for the sake of saying i love you right. that really mm-hmm. felt uncomfortable but it was because you we you i don't know what that, that that generation that. was of women that didn't express that because there's that scene off of jamie fox um uh what was that um that movie what Django? Uh no, where yeah. was well, not Jamie Foxx? I'm sorry. Uh, Morris Chestnut. Um,
2: oh God.
1: What, best when man?
2: look, I'm about to no no. All, I'm about well, to name um, all his movies. Like where
1: the mom. Um, what is his name? He's what a comedian. Um, um DL Hughley? No. Yes, DL Hughley was in hmm. The Brothers. Okay. Okay. Remember The Brothers and 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 what's his name's mom? He was like. My mama never gave me a hug. You never said you loved me in that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, Mama, why you don't hug me? Why?" And, and she was like, I took care of you. You know I love you because I took care of you. I put food over you. Mm-hmm. That's how she looked at I love you mm-hmm. versus he's asking for a whole hug and right. you couldn't give it to him. And I totally related to to, to not receiving that. that so support. I never really heard people Especially in my age group, that their mothers didn't do that, mm-hmm. and their their that their parents weren't. I really thought that was limited mm-hmm. to it wasn't. to me, because I'll now tell I you, my
0: mother. Um, when my mother expressed how she was raised by her mom, um, I was just always interested in people's backstory because right. I knew that this is the psychology as to why a person behaves the way that they mm-hmm. do. But my mother was not affectionate, neither. However, um, I am overly affectionate Mm -hmm. and I thrive on affection. I I believe in when you greet people and when you depart people, Mm -hmm. there needs to be some type of physical contact. Right. Even if it's a handshake or Mm -hmm. whatever that is. But, um, I started, I did not start expressing to my mom, like saying like, I love you until I like became a mom. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. I realized how important that was. And then I realized like, that was just not an area where she was, um, strong in because her mother did not do it with her. With her. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so now, you know, like it does feel very, I mean, not now, but then it felt, odd. weird. it no was weirder. very weird, yeah. but I had to initiate it. Yeah. She did right. not. Right. I had That's to initiate it. Right. And so, and I think even like with the pandemic, like it, 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 it escalated even more because you realize like, Oh, you can really be here one day and be gone the next, right. Right. right you know? Right. So now like even people that I have led into my circle and space and I have a, a you know, I, I love them. Like you love people. Mm-hmm. You got to let them know, like, dude, I, I'm so proud of you. I love you. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we do have to like really change the, you know, like really, change the narrative in how we show up for right. each other right because yeah. definitely we, break the if cycle.
1: We, right right mm-hmm. just something little but it's not little right you know it's a huge uh, L, thing. Yeah, that's of how huge. affectionate we are to one another mm-hmm. so the so we know what forgiveness looked like so when mm-hmm. you started that was kind of you saying okay I forgive you in the marriage mm-hmm. you did finally receive that back so does that did that start you to start thinking at looking at your other relationships um, now let's talk about friendships mm-hmm. is it harder or easier or to to say I
2: forgive or don't forgive I would say with that it's a little bit harder because for me I'm an only child as I mentioned before mm-hmm. so like my friends I took them as being like siblings to me mm-hmm. because I didn't have siblings right and so when I'm crossed like that I'm like oh no we don't yeah. <laughs> you don't cross family you know that's right. the way I, you know I would mm-hmm. I would feel. But then I would also, once again, have to go back and recognize like, okay, you know, you might not have been equipped with this particular situation. So therefore, you know, I kind of have to pull, you know, take my stuff, take myself a step back mm-hmm. and kind of mm-hmm. look at it a little bit differently that way, too. But that one, I definitely feel like it's harder at yeah. times just because of that, because with me, it's. It's got to be, like, years, right. and that's the thing that, you know, and I there's I have lost, you know, friends during my whole entire transition as far as for, you know, losing my, you know, because I would we haven't even get to this part yet, but I was in a bad accident, and after the accident and going through the recovery process, that's when I really found out who my friends were and mm-hmm. who weren't. Yeah, mm-hmm. And that's when I had to kind of like let a lot of that go. And then in the middle of that, I had lost my mother as well, too. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, it's like that more people, you know, were starting to fall off and everything as well. Right. And then I started to, you know, basically come back into myself and kind of get to know myself and know what I really needed. Because from being in that relationship and everything for so long, I didn't know who Sarita was. Right. right. And right. then I was like thrown into being a mother, and, you know, mm-hmm. and thinking that that's the thing. Because I even kind of was thinking myself earlier today, I was like, you know what? I used to say all these different things I wasn't going to do, and every single thing I said I wasn't going to yeah. do, I did. Yeah, like yeah. I said, I'm not going to be a teenage mom. Had my son, you know, I found out I was pregnant with him two months after I turned 18. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to marry this person because they, I don't, you know, this is not the, for me. Marry this person. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to yeah. be drinking like this because, you know, my father, you know, had a, had alcoholism. Started becoming, you know, it's like, so right. I'm all looking at all these things. I'm like, right. okay, wait a minute. So timeout, number one my manifestation is pretty real, so I got to be real careful with my tongue. <laughs> That's <Right, laughs> hard right, for what right, I'm right. saying do. Mm-hmm. But then after I recognize that, I said, okay, what do I want? Mm-hmm. I had to really change, you know, that internal talk, you know, with myself and say, okay, what are the things that you need? What do you want? What? How do you want your future to look like? Because in reality, we all are able to go ahead and make our lives be what we want them to be. That's right? true. Right. And The powers in the tongue, the powers in the action, everything like that, you know, even for... Because I'm not overly religious. I'm more on the spiritual side than the religious side. But even if you kind of say, you know, prayer without work is is dead. 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 Yeah. So it's like you know, you have to be able to go ahead and put in. And even with the work too, it doesn't have to be the traditional work per se. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I don't want anything to be hard for me anymore. I'm hard is done. Right. Okay. I want everything to come into me with ease. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, with ease and stability. I feel like
1: if it's not if it's supposed to be, it shouldn't be hard. Right. Right. There's work to Mm -hmm. do. But it shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't right. be a struggle. Exactly. Because <laughs> I, I <laughs> when I took Natalie and I talking, she said we, um, um expose podcast gonna take us off our jobs. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I said God, it's gonna be clear when God say for me to walk, cause I mm-hmm. God ain't told me that I'm supposed to struggle. Right. So oh. I'm not leaving my job Struggling. until mm-hmm. my good government job until it's clear. He know mm-hmm. <laughs> he right. know it needs to be super clear mm-hmm. because I don't believe, Because <laughs> <like, laughs> right. right. I don't believe God has said that what is for me has to come in the form of a struggle. Exactly. I think I have paid my dues mm-hmm. with that. You know, mm-hmm. there's lessons that I had to learn and things I had to mm-hmm. to to gain mm-hmm. and I think that's has happened. Um so I always make that joke that that's not how it's going to show up for me. Right. Um because and that's what I want to manifest. Like mm-hmm. when it is time, it's it's we're going to be doing the work that we want to do seamlessly. Like it's right. not going to be hard. It's mm-hmm. gonna be work, but it's not going to be hard. Exactly. Um mm-hmm. and so when you when you're at a level, so with friends, when we're when we have expectations of friends, right? Mm-hmm. So when you said when your when you had your accident, when your your mom transitioned and you start identifying friends who weren't there. Mm-hmm but are are they not there because that's not what we we knew we needed or that we need we knew how we needed them to show up mm-hmm. did they truly know how to show up for you or for us in general right. to show up for us if we didn't know how if we've never been through something like mm-hmm. that or if you know so we do we charge them with how they didn't react mm-hmm. or was there for us when they've never experienced that way or is the expectation is you just should know you know it what I sounds
0: mean? like capacity like what if a person did not have the capacity to mm-hmm. even know how to show up in that way right
2: right mm-hmm. and actually i do have that scenario exact scenario happen yeah and what i will say is that we ended up having to have a conversation because what ended up occurring is that another friend was kind of pushed to the forefront because they, their mother had transitioned the year prior. Mm. And so they're like, okay, well, I don't know what to do. Here, you and such and such, y'all hang out. Right. Well, when we started hanging out more, you started to feel a way because now we're hanging out more mm-hmm. and you wanna be invited, but we, we thought you didn't wanna come because you mm-hmm. pushed us together yes. and now you're okay. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so right, then right. You know, it kind of like mm-hmm. ended up being like that type of scenario. But then we ended up having like a sit down conversation and I said, you know, and I I later I said, You weren't there for me and I needed you. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: And you know, they said to me that, well, I didn't know how to be because I never went through this before. I said, Me neither. Right, mm. right. I said, We both are in the same position. I right. said, I've never had lost a parent. Right. You've right. never lost a parent. Right. We need to figure this out together. But at this point, I don't want you because you've left so much of a gap um, in between here that I'm I already forgave you and I'm done with it. Right. Like we can't be there where we were at anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that person that you knew is gone.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm
2: not that person anymore.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm in a completely different, you know, zone. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. So but maybe
1: you were able to talk that through. So with yeah. the would it be a situation where your cutoff game is strong to say, okay, they did this to me, wasn't there for me without a conversation? So is the growth being able to for the to grow- forgiveness mm-hmm. Is being able to have the
2: conversation and still cut you off. Yes. Okay. I would definitely say that. Yeah. Because it's like I have to be able to go ahead and express that. Because what I've noticed too, because based off what I do now, because I don't even go into what I actually do now for a living, but I'm a life coach for um, those that are living with chronic pain. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. And so when it comes to chronic pain, a lot of it comes from stored emotions that are in the body mm. and they manifest themselves in the body and come out as pain. And so when you're holding on to all of that, you're just basically, it's just everything is festering. Like when you hear about different things that are going on, as far as like heart disease, cancer, all these different things are manifestations of emotions. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that's really talked about a lot in our community. And we're the ones that have the highest rate of chronic pain and chronic conditions because we're not really shown the different tools that we can use to be able to go ahead and manage those things. Mm. So do you
1: remember when um we were at Unity Church mm-hmm. um, with Pastor Locke? Yeah. And he was telling a story about his grandmother and how his grandmother had, you know, his he was like my my mom's mom and how, you know, siblings and stuff, they were stressful, they would get in trouble and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And his grandmother used to walk over with the limp. Mm-hmm. Was it grandmother's or his it mother? Was, I
0: think it was his mother. His mother. Mm-hmm. His mother. With walk with hunched
1: over, mm-hmm. hunched over, hunched mm-hmm. over. And for years, they thought something was wrong. And so one, they finally went and took her to the doctor. And the doctor said, there's no physical reason
2: why she can't stand up straight. Mm-hmm. No, It's because she had all these burdens that were weighing down on
0: her body. There's, she wasn't. Yes. I read, like the
1: floored me because mm-hmm. I was just like, here you are just, that life has totally mm-hmm.
0: Literally,
1: literally, down right, right, yeah, without being able to deal with our trauma, Mm -hmm. we will kill ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? We will, we're living longer, we're. The, the retirement age has continues to increase, increase. because mm-hmm. people are living longer. And right. I I like to think that people are living longer because they're one, they're eating healthier differently mm-hmm. than back in the day. But then two, that people are dealing with their emotional stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and our culture that we're starting to deal with our emotional shit. Like the right. um um and people with sickness or cancer, they mm-hmm. get diagnosed with something. If you can't get your mental wrapped around it I truly, honestly believe that it will kill you quicker than the disease mm-hmm. um, will kill you. Is that mm-hmm. So is that sort
2: of some of the things in your profession yes. that you're expressing to people? Definitely. And even with my own scenario, too, because I did kind of go segue into a little bit, but mm-hmm. I was in a bad car accident actually five years ago. And so I was rear-ended by a drunk driver at a stoplight. Mm-hmm. So I was in the area where the speed limit was 25. She was going at least 60.
0: Ooh, that so,
2: that impact exactly not you know the impact not only on my vehicle but also my body and at the time I was in that accident with my ex-boyfriend the one that then you know (laughs) became abusive towards me and so when that occurred I basically took the brunt of the injuries because when it happened he was um talking to me but I was like on the phone like looking for music or whatever you know trying to figure out a song he said this lady's about to and before you could even say hit she had already hit us. Wow. Mm. And so when I, um, the next day, you know, I thought I was okay because it was, it was July 4th for 2016 when this mm-hmm. happened. So next day it was a Friday because I remember. So I was like, and I said literally the day, earlier today, I said, dang, I don't want to go to work tomorrow. Mm. I have not been back to work since because wow. I was basically, you know, told that, and I'll get to that point. But um, next day I called my supervisor and said, hey, going to be late. Got to go pick up the rental. You know, I told her the whole story. She's like, are you sure you want to come to work? She's like, it sounds like you were in a really bad accident. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no, I'm fine. I get to work and I sit down. And before she can even talk to me or say anything, she looks at me. And she says, I need you to go to the ER right away. Wow. I was shaking. I was turning red. I went into shock mm-hmm. at work because, I, you know, my adrenaline was keeping me together. Right. I even had slept and thought I had slept, mm-hmm. you know, and everything. But by the time I actually finally sat down and was like resting, that's when my body went into shock. Wow. So, I went to I drove myself because I'm stubborn. Drove <laughs> myself to the ER, got checked out and everything. And afterwards, they said, okay, you know, here's three medications. Looks like you just have whiplash. See your doctor on Monday. You should be fine. So. You know, they come out, they're like, okay, we need to just, you know, talk to whoever's with you, let them know what's happening. And I was like, no one's here. I'm, I'm the one that took myself. They're like, well, you need to have someone come. I said, I don't have anyone that can actually come and get me because my ex boyfriend's time was at work, was not going to call my ex husband. Right, <laughs> and then right. my son was at school, my son was at football practice. So I'm like, I couldn't get him. Right. So I'm like, okay, forget it. You know, I'm going to just do this. So thugged out, you know, went home, barely made it to my doctor's appointment on Monday. I got to my doctor. My doctor looked at me. He was like, I have never seen you like this before. He's my doctor for 20 years. Mm -hmm. So he knew me, you know, and I've been in other accidents before that too, which sidebar on that, those were other things that were trying to like, you know, get my attention that I was ignoring Mm -hmm. because I was moving too fast, you know, in the world and not paying Mm -hmm. attention to things. Mm -hmm. So I know that this particular car accident was the one that had to sit my ass down literally because after that point, I was in constant pain and the pain was radiating um, going down my right shoulder into my right arm and my hand so it felt like pins and needles and like my arm was on fire constantly Wow and so they wow. were constantly you know giving me medications, having me go to see different specialists. And no one could tell me what was going on, and things were now getting worse. Where now the pain was going into my upper neck and my back, and going into my joints and the rest of my body. Wow. So I went from working out like six days a week, very active, like I said, son was in football, kids gymnastics, you know, doing all that stuff. To now I'm basically bedridden. Wow. And constantly being medicated, got to a point where, um, finally, got to see a orthopedic surgeon. Like nine months into this, so I basically was like a science experiment for close to a year. Wow, okay. So got to see the orthopedic surgeon. He says to me, okay, let's run some more tests. And I started laughing at him because I said, that's all y'all been doing anyways. I said, so everything comes back inconclusive. But if you want to do it, you know, have a ball, you know, whatever. Had another MRI and a CT done to discover I had bone chip spurs going into my nerve and my shoulder. Oh. And so he said, that's where the pain was coming from. And he was like, luckily you didn't brace yourself from the accident. Cause he said, if you would have braced yourself, you would have broke your arm. Wow. And so he's like, that's actually a good thing that you didn't see, you know, right. that it was happening, that it right. was coming. But I, um, you know, got the surgery scheduled. And so I called my mom. I said, hey, you know, do you think I should do this? And the reason being, you know, not only because she's my mom, but also, too, she was a retired orthopedic nurse. So she said, okay, okay. you know, go. she was like, yes, you do have to have the surgery. Go ahead and have it. I'll come up and take care of you. You know, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be okay. I got you. Well, little did I know that she actually was sick herself. Oh, Where she um, had pneumonia, had walking pneumonia, and she was trying to take care of it on her own and nothing was working. And on top of that, too, she was a diabetic Mm -hmm. and her diabetes was getting worse where she was a type one and then she turned to being a type one and two. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I started going back and forth between here and Florida because my parents live in Florida now. And so I'm going back and forth, you know, trying to take care of things, going to the appointments. And thank goodness I was off of work to be able to go ahead and actually Mm -hmm. do that. Right. And so then. Um, February hits, it's like the last time that I'm able to um, actually be there because I was going monthly at this point. And so I said to her, I'm like, okay, I'm going to come back in March, you know, for you. And she's like, you know what? I'm doing really good. Just come to the end of the month because I was going to the beginning of each month. So I was like, December, January, February. I was coming to the beginning of each month, going to doctor's appointments. She said, just come to the end of the month. That's fine. That way, when you come, I'll go back up to Milwaukee with you because then that way we will be getting ready for your surgery in April. Like, perfect plan. So, you know, I got tickets and everything together. And my parents' wedding anniversary is March 4th. So, my dad calls me the next day. I didn't get a chance to call. So, I'm feeling guilty because I'm like, okay, it's the 54th wedding anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> I should have called. And, like, the kids are running around, you know, doing it. And I'm like, y'all be quiet, you know. So, I'm answering the phone. I've answered the phone. I'm like, Dad, I'm sorry. I stopped talking, mid sentence. I'm hearing an ambulance in the background. Oh. And I'm like, Daddy, what's going on? Why, you know, what's happening? He's like, well, I don't want to worry you, but ambulance is picking up your mom. She was a little unresponsive, which I said, li- there's no little yeah. when it comes to unresponsive. Yeah. You are, know, you are Okay. <laughs> you know, there's right. no in between with that. So he says, you know, we're taking her to the hospital. They're going to take a look at her and see what's going on. So I could hear her talking in the background. So I said, okay, that's a good thing. I can hear her talking. She fussing at them saying they being too rough with her or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. So then he's like, I'll call you back. So I got the phone with him. My cousin calls me cuz she actually was the one that called the ambulance because she was like I was just at your parents house visiting and she's like I don't know what's going on I don't know when the last time I was did you talk to your mom and I said well I just talked to her 2 days ago she was like, Well, something is bad. Like, she's bare, like, she has a fever. All these things are happening. So she's like, I called because she's like, I was scared. Right, and so I said, right. Thank you for calling. You know, I'm going to try to see if I can get a flight, you know, to get down there. Well, because of me being on disability, I have to see my doctor in order to get my disability approved or mm-hmm. else I won't get paid. Right. So I couldn't get a doctor's appointment to be moved, bumped up. So finally, I did get an appointment. But at this point, um, my mother was put into a medically induced coma the next day. Mm. and so my father couldn't explain to me what was going on so I finally was I was playing phone tag with the nurses for like three days
0: Oh my! and so
2: and I'm trying to figure out what's happening and no one's able to say anything and finally I'm able to get through to someone so like you need to get here because they're like she's having multiple organ failure at this point so I get down there and I'm basically with her for the last three days and so I was with her when she transitioned so I actually sat in the bed with her you know I was laying in the bed with her and her nurse, her nursing staff was excellent because they knew what I was, what I was going through and everything right. too, with my pain and stuff. And so they're like trying to like help me as make much as they could. I'm like, I'm sleeping in a chair like this. They're right. like, no, right. like you need more pillows. You need this. They're like trying to, you know, make sure I'm comfortable. And I'm like, no, I'm just here for her. And so when she did transition, the irony of that night is that the night um, before she transitioned, they said to me, they're like, she's doing really good. You know, we're going to start taking her off these different machines now, like her you know, things are starting to perk up for her. They're like, go home and go to sleep. Just take, just go to sleep, and when you come back tomorrow, we'll probably start working on her discharge paperwork and everything because they're saying she, they're going to put her on dialysis. You know, mm-hmm. She's starting to come through. We're going to take her out the coma and everything and b- start bringing her back. So when they started bringing her back, that's when things started to go in the wrong direction. Wow. So they called like 7 o'clock in the morning and said, you need to get here right away that, you know, we don't think she's gonna make it, you know, to the end of the day. We gotta put her in hospice. Wow. So I get up there, you know, my Ooh. dad is just like, you know, okay, let's just get there. I call my um, at the time, this now started to become like around noonish. Mm-hmm. Cause they're like they were starting to get everything under control for her. So like, okay, but then around two in the afternoon is when things started to go back down again. Right. So I called my ex husband and said, Hey, pull the kids out of school. I need to get them on FaceTime. They need to say, you know, goodbye to their grandma, you know, right. so we can get, you know, mm-hmm. things moving on. And so when that ended up happening, I had my son on FaceTime so that way he could, you know, see my mom and everything and talk to her and everything. But the younger two, I'm like, we're not going to do that. <laughs> we're just going to have you you know have mm-hmm. on speakerphone right. and talk. And so my middle child, which actually their middle name is my mother's name. Mm-hmm. So as soon as... They heard my mom, you know, talking. Now I take the back. As soon as they started talking, my mom, her heart rate went from like regular to two oh two. Oh wow. And I had to stop them from talking. I said, Okay, I need you to stop right now. I said, I'm like, Grandma's heart rate's at two oh two. You about to kill her before she needs to go out. Right, I said, oh, we know that right, we're trying to like kinda right, you know, right. prolong things. Mm-hmm. But you know, we need to go ahead and just bring it down. Yeah. So like I said, she so then she transitioned. I had to plan the funeral, do everything, because my father mentally cut out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I had to take over. Right. So I had to take over and do it all. Then come back up here, had the surgery. And after I had the surgery, I lost the motor functions in my right hand. So I had to relearn how to write, how to brush my teeth, how to comb my hair, basically everything that you take for granted. Mm -hmm. I had to relearn. And on top of that, I was still in pain. Wow. So then I was, you know, going through the physical therapy and everything. Now my relationship is falling apart. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he is like, Why aren't you back to work yet? Why aren't you I'm mind you, I'm getting disability. I'm still getting something. Right. Mm-hmm. But he's like, you know, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you used to cook all the time, now you're not doing this? And I'm just like, Wow. Oh, I, I am sensitive. Wow. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like I'm like, there's I'm like, I I'm because I got I'm some not camera, like, I'm, right, I'm like, you know, I'm door <laughs> I'm doing all those things because it's like I can't I didn't have the um, stamina to stand up and cook. I didn't have the strength to be in there, you know, cutting up vegetables mm-hmm. and all different things right. I was doing before. And I'm also getting bigger because I'm not, you know, there's no activity going on as well either. Right, mm-hmm. right. So he's like, you, like, there's a time where he called me a fat ass, all these, he's like, you a fat ass bitch, you, all these different things. And I'm sitting there looking at him like, are you serious mm-hmm. right now? Wow. Like, wow. no, this is not, this is not it. So this is actually, this time of year is kind of interesting because this is when the abuse actually had started. Mm, was wow. around the holiday time, and wow. it's the same year that I had lost my mother, which is 2017. Wow! So like it began in Thanksgiving, on Thanksgiving Day, and then it kind of carried on up into the like actually about probably this week would have been the time frame of when it actually had happened.
1: So when you start thinking about all those things that that that's a lot. The right events, right?
2: And I was also divorced the year prior, so the year prior that I got together with this guy, I had got my divorce. Wow! Mm. So yeah, that's so dealing with
1: all of that. Does that make you reflect on who you are even more? So right, Right? is that why you got into the business that you're in? So. You work for yourself. Correct. Mm-hmm. And so now you're doing it because it was something you went through, something you love to do. You're mm-hmm. figuring out what was missing when you needed help, right? Mm-hmm. And how to deal, how to deal with, with that. But it all kind of connects, right? So mm-hmm. forgiveness... Again, the whole saying is forgiveness is not for the other person; it's, it's for, for you. you. But because you you have to be put in situations to forgive somebody else, it made you reflect on your your own stuff, your right. your parents, and how they lived their relationship, your mm-hmm. marriage, your the the new boyfriend, mm-hmm. and not, and now and your kids, which mm-hmm. is ongoing, you know. Mm-hmm. And and then more importantly, like Natalie said, forgiving yourself. Right. So, if something had happened to your mom prior to before you could get there, Mm -hmm. that would have been a whole.
2: Right other situation you know exactly. what I mean? not being able to say goodbye right and the thing is know. like our relationship had just started to get better because my mother hated my ex-husband okay yeah. mm-hmm. so as soon as I like said I'm divorcing him Woo. she was like all right we we back we yeah. in the, you know we, we together now you know and like so I was you know m- me and her at that point you know we were able to repair our relationship yeah thank god for and then you know yeah. so I'm so happy that we got the opportunity to that we were very close like every day at 10 a.m that was our time mm-hmm. we would call and talk to each other every single day and i would take my break at work at that time and she would know if i didn't call her by that point she's like okay she didn't go on break yet and she would give me to 11 o'clock right. to call her she's like okay she might have got busy at work but at least i know she gonna make that time and that was right. what we would do so when i first got home after the funeral and everything i sat you down the first thing call. i did was like you ain't get that call and I had to put my phone on, I just was bawling. Wow. Cause I'm like, this is what I you know, it's part of what I do. So now like I have to always make sure that ten AM in the morning I have to be doing something. Yeah. And that was part of my recovery. Yeah. But now I'm at the point where, you know, through the healing process that now I'm like, ten AM can come and go. Wow. And I'm okay. But yeah. initially it's like, you know, that first year was really hard. So how are you now? Now, I'm, you know, this time, like I said before, this time of year is very difficult for me because my mother was the Christmas queen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's the part that makes it hard. Like, my kids call me the Grinch Uh because they say, you know, I'm, like, not a big, you know, into Christmas and everything. And it's like, I tried it, but it ended up becoming hard because also, too, going back to the trauma of being in that, you know, abusive relationship all the stuff started happening around the holiday season. Right, so it's like, right, it's back yeah. again. I'm like, damn, I was just starting to like Christmas again. And now right back in it, you know, in this right. shit again, we're like, I don't like it anymore, you right. know? So now I'm kind of looking back at it again. Like, okay, how you can gotta I own it, it Let me try yeah. creating some new memories around the holidays. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I'm looking at now yeah. as far as you're doing it that way. Yeah. Cause your kids mm-hmm.
1: are, your kids will benefit from it. Right. You got to give yourself some grace to mm-hmm. not, have to deal with the holidays, absolutely. But we have the opportunity to create a different story. Yes,
2: and that's easier said than done, right? For but sure. Change, mm-hmm. But changing that narrative is the huge thing, and that's one of my biggest yeah. things. That with a lot of my life is really changing the narrative at this point that's and changing right. the
0: cycles yep. of how things
2: occur. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and so, and one last thing, because I know they got we got to go. Um, yeah, we
0: actually have six yes. minutes and forty three seconds. <laughs> well, you there know, I go. can.
1: You know, I can I, come I, back. I, yeah. Definitely <laughs> can come back.
0: So now that you
1: you are a little bit more tune are a lot more in tune with yourself and and overall who you are mm-hmm. what does what would new relationships look like so you know how to To say, this is not acceptable. Mm -hmm. This is not what I want.
0: I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with that. Are you more verbal? Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. I am very much so. Like, I'm dating someone right now. And, like, we are very good at communicating what's going on with each other. Mm -hmm. And, like, we Mm -hmm. were going to have a conversation earlier today where I said, you know, and I brought it up because... He didn't text me last night, like I said he was going mm-hmm. to, and I let it, I let it ride because I'm not one of those people that I, I'm not that I need to be on the phone, I need to be in right. constant contact with you, but when you say you're going to do something. Honor that. I need you to honor that. <laughs> I need you to do that.
0: Hallelujah. Thank <laughs> so, you. you. Don't, 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 you got to be a person of your word. If right. you don't mean it, don't say it. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Which yeah. we ended up having the conversation, and it was that he fell asleep with the phone on him, and I said, well, you could still said something this Even though you did say something around, you know, this morning. Right. Right. It still could have been like known because I don't know if you're in the gutter somewhere. Like, what's you know? Right. I, but I'm Going also the same person too that I'm like I'm not gonna also like I just you know heard from you earlier. I thought you was good, right? Mm-hmm. But it's right. more or less my biggest thing is like communication, and mine also is freedom. Yeah, like I, my love is my love equals freedom, right. where I don't want to hold you down, I'm here to lift you up, right? right. And like, you know, I want to be there for you and whatever you need me, and vice versa, right? You know, but it's more or less a matter of we make what we want it to be, we don't go off, okay, I want to be like this couple or that couple or anything, mm-hmm. no, because. You don't know what's going on in the background of that. You Jeez, have no idea. That. Yes. So you need to go ahead and look at okay, what are the things that I need for myself that's right. going to make me be okay? But also too, not be codependent either. Right. Okay. So yeah. there's right. a different. Have... You know, there's a big difference right. that right. you need to go ahead and like I said once again, that self reflection mm-hmm. and looking mm-hmm. at what you need within yourself and getting to know yourself yeah. and then saying, hey, here's what I need to do, and then doing that work.
1: Yeah. 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 With relationships, you have to. What did Ayanna say? We have to figure out things that we can make ourselves happy mm-hmm. other people can't make us happy they're adding that's, to it they're, they're adding add to it to you. they mm-hmm. add to it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so that that's that's working pro- in progress too of being able to say I can do make myself happy.
0: So not a Absolutely. lot of people, you know. Like, there's not a large pool of individuals that think that way, right? You know, because we still arrive at the altar and say, "You complete me," and that's
2: so I yeah, hate. Whenever I hear that's, that, that's, I'm like, "Oh God!" Oh,
0: like, God. I want to throw up. Like, it's right. like no one,
2: like, you complete yourself, babe. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, Will
1: <laughs> Will and Jada have done a really good job at trying to let us know how that looks. Like, Jada mm-hmm. is always, Will Will Smith is like. I wanted to, I gave her this. I did this for her. And
2: And that that reminded me of my ex-husband because my ex-husband was very much like that where at the point of when we were about to get divorced, he took me to a dealership and said, that brand new Jaguar is yours if you stay with me.
0: I get It wasn't that. about that, it's though. Not, it's about how you leave me feeling mm-hmm. and how I feel after you done, you know, it, it's way much more than it's that. Not mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. It's not about... It. And he didn't right.
1: get
2: it. He didn't get it. Will Smith said, I bought her a whole house and mm-hmm. she didn't want it.
0: Yeah. but because that's
1: not what because
2: she wanted. That's not yeah. what she needed. And you also man. need to know that yeah. person's love language and everything yeah. as well, yeah. too. And that's something yeah. that me and him, we actually... Um, do the love language test yeah and we go back and look at and say okay what is it that you need you know based off of that and then go off of that
0: because yeah. you know that can change over time too. yep we the do it very language, often it evolves you mm-hmm. know based on events changing it's all type of shit that can we happen.
1: took yes. that me and Richard took that years and years ago we had eight kids in the house it was a hot mess <laughs> right because we're a blended family <laughs> mm-hmm. and I was going through the book and I was like what why I say that? Because it was an ant question Q and A in the back of it. I forgot yeah. the name of it, but it was mm-hmm. we both had the book separately, and we and I was looking at my answers, and I'm like, why did I say that? Because if I'd answered, if I were to answer it today, that would not be my answer. Oh, and right. that's the thing you have to yeah. kind of, you know like.
2: We used to do it monthly. Mm-hmm. We stopped doing it as often, but we still do because you can go online and do it now. Cause instead
3: of you know going right. off the book and everything, so that's mm-hmm. how we do it. I think yeah. that the, the categories now and I figured it out, when they put the categories up, it's actually comparing what you want in comparison to something else that you could get at that moment. Yeah. It's not yeah. like overall, like what would you rather do in this or this? Right. right. And you want both, but right now, what is it that you want? It's right. Like it's right. That's wow. the app.
2: Yeah, another thing I've noticed with it too is that I, what I've heard people say is that a lot of times what you need as far as your love language is the things that you didn't get when you were growing up. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's the other part yeah. too.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That can be really mm-hmm. tricky, girl. This was instances. fabulous. <laughs> we do <laughs> definitely have to come back. <laughs> come back oh, and yes. just have a powwow. Just I just know. Some some good yeah, girls cause I, talk. Yeah, because yeah. I got
2: programs and things to offer your, you know, your listeners and stuff too wow. that can help them. So I mean, we definitely got to talk some more.
0: Okay. Oh my oh. goodness i'm Sarita, excited y'all y'all
1: better catch was she a
0: treat or what <laughs>
1: what what was the name of the business
2: um my name of my business it's actually you can go on my ig as i'm called i am chronically resilient mm. but i am a life coach for those that are living with chronic pain wow that's
0: amazing wow yeah kudos to you girl
2: thank
0: you man all right another fabulous episode i'll take it i'll take it i'll Ooh. take it i'll take it i'll take it yes all right we out of here yes this was guys fabulous. This that was just bad amazing. me that
1: fed me that was that i'm, I'm going home feeling pretty good right? the forgiveness
0: journey is real and, it is. and it's a lot of um ebbs and flows but you know ultimately you just want to arrive at a destination where you feeling good you're feeling you know you're not weighted down and you know essentially you know our health is extremely tied into all of that so i'm just grateful that you know like out of your pain, like you are out here helping people right, get right. through the pain. Like literally right, like right. we're walking through this together. Absolutely. You know? So that's, it that's takes a lot of work, amazing. but it's
1: going to be worth it. Right?
2: Absolutely. It's,
1: it's worth it. You're worth it. I'm yes. worth it. Right? Yes. All of us. Totally. We are all worth deep. it. Yes.
0: yes. And
2: you can heal. That's the one piece that I always want people to remember that too. If you believe that you can heal, it can happen.
1: Wow.
0: Amen to that. Manifesting that. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Girl, well she gave
1: me my whole life tonight. Well get okay. your whole life
0: but um I'm Natalie Hayden and I'm Laverne Badger and we're signing off guys. Thank, right. you. So you Thank you. See you next week.